You've arrived. You've arrived. To the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh man. This one, this one has the uh whoo. This one has a lot to it, folks. I, I can't really put it into words right now. It's just there's just some medical things going on with me personally where it's just uh, a constant reminder that the sand in our hourglasses is always depleting. You know what I mean? We're just always getting closer to just the day, uh, the day that we're all going to see, and that's just death. Um there's nothing, no way to hide from it. It's definitely something that I've looked at face-to-face many times in my life, and it's not something that I fear. I fear the day that I die as much as I did the day that I was born. Um, whatever, wherever I was prior to the, that existence, to the, you know my life here, I, I think that I'll just continue whatever that is. Who knows? Maybe it's the end, maybe the beginning, or whatever it is. I fear death like I feared birth um equivalent and I don't it, it's irrelevant you know what I mean it's just a feeling it's just um something that I accepted long ago like I said I've, I've started it all I was looking back really far and just looking at my life and it all started a lot of my bad issues real bad issues down down a path of no return at least when it came to death was uh when my house got robbed once my house got robbed somebody broke in stole some stuff it began a path of no return. Um, it, it just looking back, and those were all my decisions that led up to that because I'm 99% sure it was somebody that I knew, 99.999. The only problem is the people that I thought it that it was. My first home invasions were going into other people's houses trying to find stuff that I thought they stole from, from my house. So that's where it all started, just going back. And I just started going into house, you know, figuring out, you know, what I had to do. I was always looking for my dad's shit. But since I'm in there, I might as well take some other shit. Like, fuck. And I never got to, you know, figure out who did it. You know, I never did. But I I did go and that just started down a path of just no return. You know what I mean? If I ever found somebody in possession of anything in question, there's this. We getting answers, folks. We getting answers, folks. Um, it, it was it was a real dark path, but there's no excuses. I definitely was making bad decisions leading up to that. Nothing about that. But when it came to death, um, there were points where I'm going in, and if you're in there and you have any possession, I will be sitting. I will still be in there when you come home. You know what I mean? And it's like there's, it's 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 it was dark, you know, and it's just darkness. And from there, like I said, I moved out to Vegas, continued my life out there. Um. It, it just got darker out there, you know, and and I just every day that I left the house, I, I put a gun under the seat and just expected if we got pulled over, it was I'm not going in, you know, and it was just death was always death was everyday possibility and expectation. Um, I would have finished college. I would have done all that if I expected to live. But I, I, I'm being 100 percent honest when I say I wouldn't be as old as, as I am today. So I haven't taken a single day for granted for a very, very, very long time. For longer than I've been, a, longer than I haven't. Because um, by the age of 15, I knew that my days were numbered. You know, I, I really knew it. And I think a lot of that has to do with growing up, you know, really good friends with a paraplegic and just somebody who moves from the shoulders down and doesn't have the ability to wiggle his toes. And he's just watching every day from such a point where I remember just asking him, you know, like, 
how can I not be happy if you're sitting here and you still find the ability to be happy, you know? And his reply was, I couldn't kill myself if I wanted to. And I've never forgot about that. That was just the most, what do you, what do you reply to somebody with that? I mean, I'll never forget that moment. I was looking him dead in the eyes. Um, RIP Homer. That's, that's, that's my dog right there. You know what I mean? I just, I wiped the loogies from his throat cause he couldn't, you know, and I would do it for anybody. But at the end of the day, it was just watching every day and I would only be over there to try to better the situations. Um, I just remember watching, you know, his wife started cheating on him and then I had his son over there. His son was fucking around on dope. I mean, so bad that I went and introduced him to some hood rat that I knew, but like a super hood rat. And the next thing I know, I go over there unexpectedly, you know, didn't even tell me all behind my back, just like going, I'm like, what's up, Homer? Where, where, you know, where, where's our guy? And he's like, oh, he's in there with his girlfriend. I'm like, oh, he's got a girlfriend? Go and knock on the door and guess who pops out? I'm like, whoa, like crazy, crazy. Like, I didn't, I ain't tripping on that. Hey, if you want a girlfriend relationship, that's all cool. I'm all down with that. But y'all could at least communicate to a brother. Um, Come to find out some dirties was going on, at least when I was asleep. And the homies over there saying, this ain't, you know, this ain't right. That I shouldn't be doing this. He don't, he don't value you. Like, I don't even know what the hell he talking about because I never gave no illusion anyway. So if that's what you wanted, you should have just been like, oh, homie, let me get her a number. I'm trying to date. Hey, here's her number, dog. Find love. Like, that's, that's your lady. That's your business. But, yeah, no, there was always some sneakery going. Just, just the way that his son was. You know what I mean? He, he always he turned out different. But I love that dude. He's still like a brother to me. So value. I valued wiggling my toes. I value all that. Um. I was talking to my dad yesterday about medical insurance and all that. He just called me, actually. I'm, I'm going to actually call him again. And uh, just speaking on medical insurance and all that. Dude, it's so expensive. My dad struggled with medical insurance um, when he owned a business. And he was telling me that my mom and him, we were always off and on. And that's why we didn't, you know, always have medical insurance. So that's why I guess we didn't get our teeth clean like we're supposed to and all that stuff. I'm horrible at it. Um, I didn't grow up doing it. I didn't know that you're supposed to do it. I need to do better for my kids. Um I just feel myself falling apart, you know, and it was just like I I, I should have done better taking care of my own self. Um, with that being said, we grew up on Top Ramen and, you know, TV dinners and just all this stuff that America is, is out, you know, allowing us to eat. I mean, that's actually what the commercial industry is, and it, it's just all trash anyways. And I see a lot of 30-year-olds coming down with a lot of stuff and just a lot of younger people getting all these cancers and different things. And it, you know, it's very apparent that it's probably in our diets. Um, a lot of these people are fit, which is what we consuming. I've consumed more in top ramen in my life than most families will over generations. It's something that I've always loved. Um, even my aunt, I remember just being like, how are you still alive? All you eat is that stuff. And, uh, you know, RIP to my aunt and definitely love and miss her. Uh, definitely very, um, very, disappointed that she decided to take you know her her decisions upon her life when she did just because i i wish that she could have met my daughter my daughter and my son i do have a picture of my son and my aunt and uh it was amazing my aunt is the reason why i was a video gamer and you know just enjoyed that part of my life she's a huge part of my life and then one day she was just gone i understand she left a note and she actually we told her where to buy the gun over christmas dinner or thanksgiving dinner like she was asking hey i want to go shooting with you guys that where would be a good place to go you know buy a gun we're like oh go here we go here all the time we go shooting da-da. 
Next thing I know, she's gone. You know, and it's like, damn, she left a note trying to leave the 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 gun to my my brother and stuff because she knew it was the model he liked and did it. And it was just like she was the most considerate person ever. And once she felt that physically she couldn't get back, she just didn't want to be with us no more. And I completely understand that pain. Um, I think here's the big difference, and I've been thinking about it a lot because, like I said, I'm not scared to death. The only thing that scares me, and it scares me to death, is my kids being without. Um, the support that they require. So when it comes to my son, I don't have to worry about my son. He's all, he's, his mom's been there. She stepped up to the plate. She's provided. Um, she's, you know, uh, she's, she's a good woman. She is. She's definitely has her issues, her flaws. We all have flaws, but end of the day, she'll provide for him. I, I don't have to worry about that. Um, she's a good provider and a good mom. So I give her that for a lot of it. She definitely has some flaws. We, I could, you know, go over and really, She's a good mom. I don't have to worry about him. So no matter what happens, he's good. I got a daughter and her mom. I just realized that she's going through her own health issues. It's like, man, if we don't have mom, it's just me and her. And I haven't taken care of myself enough to be there for her. And that, that really hurts when you think about it. Cause death is hey, death is welcome. You give me a fight outside and tell me that I'm going to help somebody on the other end. Hey, my life is valueless. I, I really don't care. My only concern would just be her being without. And um, I would hope that my son, maybe he would he would help. I know that uh, his mom would help. But then I also know that her family and her mom would want to help. And it would just be a whole shitty situation if it all came down to that. So I just, you know, uh, when I think about death, I have a whole episode I recorded. It was like 45 minutes. And I just hadn't put it on here yet. It's a couple of days old. And I guess there was a reason, you know, I guess it all kind of lures back because I, I definitely wanted to spoke on that so it's deep it definitely makes me value everything like i said i value every day i back to the fullest um i value every day highly very highly i look at every situation and i'm very grateful for every day so when people ask me why i'm so happy you know my son always asks, like how are you so happy i'm so grateful i couldn't explain it um i, I didn't count on being here i didn't want to be here you know what i mean that was, that was what it really came down to i was trying to hit the jackpot and i mean big jackpot we, we were robbing everybody like big big drug dealers expecting for the shootout when shoot a shootout just didn't happen it's like what well sometimes they did sometimes they didn't but it was like man you i i wore back in the 50 cent era somewhere around that time i was wearing bulletproof vests not because i wanted to you know what i mean you wear them under your thing but you could tell i, I wasn't a big guy so bulletproof vests always look big on me like what the hell so it was always evident unless i wore a jacket or like a big jacket or a big hoodie or something then i could try to pull it off but otherwise everybody knew and it was it was not worn on the outside like it was not a thing that i wore as a uh we had different expectations, folks. Every day was, um, I was waiting every minute. You, you literally kept the gun within guns reach, you know, within hands reach. Cause like I said, when, when I ran the dope house, I left the door wide open. That's how they knew. So with that door wide open, I'm sitting there on the Xbox facing that thing with a, with a gun in reach. You never know if a cop's coming around. You never know who the hell's coming around that corner, but that was how you got the dope heads in. You just left the door open. People walk up, never had a cop, never had a worker. I think I might've had a worker or two. But they just walk up. You need it? No, I don't need nothing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and they keep leaving, you know, just be walking. After a while, they don't even come to the door because they just know, oh, same guy. Door is always open. He never wanted nothing. They don't even come come my way no more. They know the game. Oh, that was different days, different days. But you always expected somebody to come in and rob. And especially when your door is wide open, there's nothing between you and them. It's just, it, 
it's, it's life, man. It's life. I know that's a perspective for a lot of people to grasp. I don't think many people have actually, um, experienced or, you know, expected death or been welcome, you know, even welcome to death. It's like, I go in this situation thinking I'm going to lose, but you know, I don't give a damn. I'm going in that situation because it has to be done. You know, when you're hungry, you're hungry. I don't, I don't give a fuck what anybody says it. When I hear about like bears eating humans cause they were hungry and they couldn't eat. And it's like, <laughs> I've, man, you go three, four days without the ability to eat. Now I see people fasting for 72 hours. I got to try it. I got to have food around and see if I could actually have that type of discipline to not eat. All I've experienced is 72 hours when you, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I didn't have a way to gain food or to, to eat. So I've, I've experienced that, but it wasn't like a fast. It wasn't like a choice to go 72. Hell no, man. By day two, I was so hungry. I was willing to, you know, I was I was willing to go I was willing to go eat a bear. You know what I'm saying? I, you could talk to me about hunger. So when I hear that shit about bears, I'm like, man, look, it ain't cool. But yeah, no, I understand, man. Being hungry is a motherfucker. And when you got some weak ass prey like us, because if we ain't doing shit, especially when you hear about the ones that do, it's like we're human, bro. Compared to what they're fighting out there, fuck, we just running meat bags, and then that motherfucker just be coming and get us. So. Primarily, we are not fit for that type of fight. Um, them some big motherfuckers with some claws and some crazy teeth, and we over here trying, you know, discussing whether or not men should have painted fingernails. You know, <laughs> it's it's a different world. Um, that shit's raw, man. Some real animals. That's that. It just reminds me of when I was on the football field when you look at NFL through the TV. It's, it's perspective as a motherfucker, man. You look at the game and you would not understand the veracity the intensity that is actually occurring down there on that front offensive line every snap the war the power the this sheer strength that is being displayed oh man it's it's wild um some of the biggest guys from my high school that went to college and said they couldn't they couldn't cut it there and just imagine what the nfl i mean those are the beast of the beast and it's whew, i could only imagine you know what i mean i just have a i have a slight glimpse of this perspective and that, that's that's some straight savagery down in there man aaron donald and guys oh man those are the beast of beasts the donovan asus and whew, oh man i could only imagine um but for those that haven't even been on the football field in those types of situations shoot we man i don't you, you could only imagine if all you know football is through the tv and through monitors that's that shit's uh it's different, man. Punt return is the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'll tell you, I, I've been in a lot of spots, um, but I haven't played all the positions. But fuck that. Punt return was the scariest. When you're looking around, you just got to miss time one individual and your head is gone. Like, they they kill us, in the, especially when you're not in the pros. Because in the pros, they'll find the shit out of you. When you're in high school, oh, they're looking. They, they're trying to hit. They're trying to make. The, you know what I mean? It was different, man. For those that don't know. We had, like, Colton High, San Bernardino High. After the games, man, we got San Bernardino High going through the Colton High parking lot, smashing people's windshields with their helmets. And we from the Dino, you know what I mean? I went to Colton High, too, so it was just big rivalry, and it was game time, baby, game time. Um, It was it was different out here. That's why I say when all these guys, I see, like, the Kenny Clarks and the um, – the fuck, the Fontana kid, uh, Williams, man, my, our guy. Uh, fuck, man. Tell you, my memory sucks, man. I totally ain't even thinking about him. Oh, man, what the dread, the, the kamikaze, what the hell's his name? Mm, Jamal, Jamal Williams. Man, I love that guy. But, yeah, he's also from out here. And just watching them, knowing that they all made good decisions to get to where they're at makes me even think of, even better of them. Nothing against, and I, I love the communities that 
surrounded around their, you know, their sports players and they, they got, they're surrounded around sports and like those football towns like Green Bay, for example, I would, I would love to experience that, but that's not what I experienced. I'm in these big ass cities where if you, even if you are on the sports team, your neighbor won't even know who the hell you are. Like it's, it's different. Even when I was locked up, I was locked up with the quarterback, I believe for San Bernardino Valley college. And I, I didn't know who the hell he was. Um, I gave him a ride home. Actually, he, he got out and he was actually on the brother's side, but we, we were cool. I didn't have any beef in there. I beat them in chess one time. Um, I didn't know that it was like a racial thing. I just sat down at a table cause somebody wanted to play chess. One of the OG, I beat him two times at least. And he was, even the first time he was like, nobody's ever beat me in here. You got to run that back. And then when I got back to my bunk, I remember the dude with the keys um, on on the Peckerwood side. He was like, you're lucky you won, bro. You can, you almost made our race look bad, did it? I was like, what the hell, bro? Like, he was like, if you if, if you would have lost, we would have got 30 seconds. I just remember looking at him like, I hope you would be one of them because I'll drill that fool, bro. I'm not playing with motherfuckers in there. I just wanted to play some chess. I went in whooped ass. And anytime I'm lucky, I whooped. Oh, boy, I whoop your ass right now. I take them keys from your motherfucking pocket, I swear. Different breed, folks. Different breed, folks. So, um. Death, death is death has uh, been more than welcomed. But I tell you what, man, knowing that my my uh, my daughter's mom is going through her own health issues definitely made me reevaluate my value of my life. Um, just for my daughter's sake, because I I, I got to be there to provide her with the most. Right now, I haven't left enough to know that she will be good. If I'm not here, I know that my dad would love her. Uh, my dad's on his way out. I know that her parents would love her. Her parents are, you know, older than us, so they, they, they ain't, hopefully, you know, she would stay with grandma or grandpa or I don't know what the hell would happen, man, but I do know my son, he, he's a dog, man, I love that dude. I know he'd step up to the plate if need be and, and say, little sister, come, you ride with me. We're going to ride this one out, and I know that he would at some point if she decided, um, you know, especially girls going through high school, stuff like that. I really want to be there now that I think about it. You know, I never, never really care. It's, hey, it's guns first. Really don't give a damn. I'll blow your damn head off. Don't value tomorrow for me because I knew that, you know, mama would be there and she has a really good mom. Her mom is awesome um, when it comes to providing. Her mom is not my, pers- you know, awesome for me as a partner. Definitely not. We be beefing and we definitely value things very differently, including the day. I'm, I'm just very thankful Every damn day, you can't. It's hard to get a smile off my face, and she's got it. You know, likes to do things to go smile. I, I totally understand it. I've just lived a different life. You know, a different, different. I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm living in Vegas, 15, 16 years old, fake ID, having your own crib. You know what I mean? Running a dope pal. It's, dude, that was the funnest shit ever. Like I lived the fullest life. I could do anything I wanted. I had VIP club uh, passes to Club Tangerine more than I could ever give away. I mean, we were doing, I had girls that I knew that worked at Spearmint Rhino. We'd go in there all day, get free drink. It was, it was wild. It was just amazing. And then from there, uh, you know, getting busted and everything. And it's just, man, from there, I went to work, work in Nevada, a small little town outside of Reno called Fallon. That was awesome. Built a geothermal power plant out there as a pipe fitter. Um, went out to Arizona, Flagstaff, um, work on a gold mine type deal and popped on a drug test that was some bullshit and ended up pretty much stranded out there had to sell my damn playstation ps5 thankfully i had a ps5 man i would have been stuck out there in the damn desert got an airplane ticket back over here and then i ended up working in texas a small little city that was dope 
And the funny thing is I got popped for weed on drug test and now drug test. As of this year, you can't even drug test for uh, 30 days out for marijuana. It's all about some active ingredient or something. I don't know exactly, but I was like, what the hell? Like, it is, it's wild, folks. It's wild. So um, just times. Times have changed. People are more comfortable with it. I always thought it was weird because like, these motherfuckers go drink a beer, get a DUI. You know what I mean? Are actual criminals impaired killing people. Motherfuckers smoke a blunt. You ain't killing nobody out there on the road. Like, you be driving slower than normal, if anything. So it's just different different perspectives. What people, that's wrong and right. So my dad grew up, that shit's wrong, that's wrong. And now you grow up and people are like, ah, oh, it's all right. And it's like, it's just different what you're comfortable with. So that's why I say, I'm not somebody for right and wrong. I'm, I understand most people, what they consider right or what they consider wrong is just what they grew up and are comfortable with. Like um, religion, for example, they're going to say every other religion is wrong, but it's no, you're just comfortable with your religion because you grew up around it. It's the society that you live in. And I don't know. It's not that hard to understand, but until I guess you've been through some shit and seen the other side of a perspective and actually grasp it rather than, you know, decline it and act like it's, you know, a choice or whatever. Perspective is a motherfucker, man. And everybody has their own. Um, this is just like somebody breaking in your house. I don't know. Should you shoot the person? 100%. To me, I don't know what the hell you're doing here. I ain't going to find out. I see a lot of people doing like, well, let, let somebody walk out and be like, I held him at gunpoint and he left. And it's like, I ain't got nothing to say to your ass. You know, I don't know what you're doing in here, but you ain't. It's not justified to me. We got to figure this out real quick and you can go figure it out with somebody. You know, if you believe in religion, you can figure it out with your father because I'm about to send you to talk to him. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. But <sighs> death, folks. I don't know how you look at death. Um, and I don't know if there's an expert in death. I was definitely going to look that up and say, yeah, there you're like experts in nobody knows what the hell happens. It's really weird when I listen to um, religious people. They always quote people like, oh, well, somebody I know, you know, uh, was real close to death and they went up some stairs and they saw a gate and the gate opened and it was did it. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like everything that we read or everything that we've heard before and all this. And it sounds like an image that we've actually been, you know, told like this all sounds. But when I think of a heaven, I'm just like earth is so basic. When I start looking across the galaxy and learning how many planets there are and how beautiful like the solar system is and just everything we're literally all stuck on a big ass rock together and we treat every day like it's fucking you know monetized and it's very interesting perspective and i haven't given a damn about it for a long time when i heard about the student loans i hear people crying about why should i be you know i should be relieved of these student loans that i keep paying on and paying on how about us that heard about these student loans when they were in seventh grade and started learning about college and said, fuck that $30,000. I'm supposed to pay this place and be in that much. Nope. I'm good. I'm going to start working. Like some of us saw that fucking trap and said, fuck, no, I'm not going through it. So we went through different decisions in life. Who's bailing us out. We ain't got no fucking degree. We ain't got nothing. You know what I mean? We, we saw this shit, the trap that it was when they talked about $30,000 for college. No, fuck you. You know what I mean? There's nothing you're going to give me for $30,000, especially back then. I could imagine some of these intuitions and shit paying hundred K 200 fuck out of here, dude. Like that's, that's a scam. I knew it was a scam from the get go. That's why I always looked at the church and education. Cause as soon as people try to start charging you for education, they're fucked up. Like it, that's not right. Cause we need education for everybody to move forward. And if other people can't afford the education, you're just a piece of shit. Cause now you're keeping them from becoming better people because they can't, you know, they, they don't have the value that you desire. And it's like, you don't know what this person can become, but you're just limiting them off that aspect. So 
then they'll look at, oh, you could get, you know, grants or some this, this. Get the fuck out of here, man. You want to talk about white privilege when I was living in my damn van. As soon as I put Caucasian mail on them motherfuckers, they're going to be like, hey, you want what from us? You don't qualify. You are not of the right race or the right color to get any type of help. Like, fuck you, man. You don't know my fucking story. Um, but you know, that all comes back to just narrative and just perspective because perspective is a motherfucker. And this is coming from a white guy. Like I said, went to San Bernardino high. We, we, it was not predominantly white folks. It was predominantly, um, Mexican Americans and African Americans. And then there was the white American and his ass. It was very few of us. And the ones that were there, they were more like whitewashed. And then I came in, I'm selling nickel sacks. Like that's how I'm trying to pay my rent is one nickel dime at a time, like through bring your lunch money. Um, I was not built like them. I literally had like three friends, but everybody else, I had hundred of acquaintance, a hundred acquaintances. Um, I for, never forget when I had over an ounce in my pocket. Ooh, two occasions, but the one, um, I had, I had an ounce in my pocket, like just over an ounce in my pocket, like maybe one point two five, one and a half ounces, one and, one and a quarter ounces in my pocket. And then I remember the security guards opening the door. And it was like cops standing out there with this metal box. And the metal box was a buzzer. It's a little device that sits there. It's actually a counter. So every time somebody goes through it, it counts them. They send everybody through. And as soon as you walk through, there's people right there with guns on their hips waiting to snatch your ass up, put you against the wall, and you're getting frisked. You're getting searched down. Everything's going down. And it's just a random counter, they say. So as you walk through, it beeps. And if it beeps on you, you're getting grabbed and put against the wall. That's how it goes, right? I got an ounce and something on me. I know if this thing beeps, I got a break on these fools. And it's a long-ass hallway. So if I go left or right, it's just hallway. And I got to try to break past the ones when it first goes off. I got to break past them, and then I got to break past that And they're set up for that shit. That's what they're expecting. So I remember having to walk through that bitch. Leave your sweaters on the table, come through, left my sweater there, had it all in my pockets, and had to walk through. You know, oh, no, no, it was bring your bag and everything, I think. I think it was bring your bag and don't leave nothing on that one. So that one was bring everything. So everything was on me regardless. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was in my pant pocket. I only confuse it because my next one. Um, so on that one, yeah, that was interesting at San Bernardino High how they did it. When I went to Colton High, that one I have over a half ounce, but it's all individually bagged like in nickels and dimes and looks really bad not nickels but uh, this is chronic days so we, we talking i had grams and half grams and maybe a quarter um half eight so i had it all bagged up that way but i had multiple baggies we're talking about eight to ten like we're definitely on that felony level so i had them in my uh, sweater pocket and there's a little gothic girl in front of me awesome girl her name was jessica i'll never forget um she was amazing i always liked her like not it, if if I would have smashed for sure, but I never looked at, she was an awesome girl. She wasn't even the most beautiful, but a beautiful soul. Uh, for those that know what that means, you know what the hell I'm talking about. Little gothic girl, really cool girl. And I just remember the drug dog walking in and you see the dog, you got the cops all there. Da, 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 and they're like, all right, leave all your belongings, your sweaters included and come outside. Everybody go outside. So I had my weed all in my sweater pocket, right? All in my sweater right in front of me. So I took it out of my sweater pocket, put it in my pocket, right pocket. Then I had to take my sweater off and leave it in the classroom. That was their thing. You had to leave your sweaters. I was like, damn, that sucks. So I took my sweater off and uh, left it in the classroom. So I went outside the classroom. Now this classroom was on an edge. There was like a three foot drop into the grass, but there was a handrail. So I went over to the 
the rail and I dropped it. I took it all out of my pocket and I dropped it right on the corner, right over the ledge, but it was all sitting tucked right in the corner. But I saw it all. It was all there. So um, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get busted. It was just in my, in my sweater pocket. Walk out and... Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there, I'm talking, and I go up to that goth girl, and I'm like, hey, if anything happens, if they pull me out, on the other side of this rail is all my weed. She was like, what? And I was like, I got a gang of it out there. Like, it's just only you know. I was like, it's just me and you, but if they pull me aside, you want to jump over and grab it, you can keep half of it. And she's like, all right, like, they're going to get you? I was like, I was like, for sure. It was in my sweater. I was like, they for sure going to get me. She's like, fuck, that sucks, da 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 I was like, so just so you know, me and me, you know, just jump over and, you know, grab it or something. She was like, okay, go back in. And um, they sit us, everybody sits down in their seats. So now you're sitting in front, the dog's there, the cops are standing there, the teacher's standing there. And they're like, okay, we need, and they point out somebody on the right-hand side of the class, one of those people. And then they look right over towards me and we need you. And they pointed at the girl right in front of me, the little gothic girl. And they grabbed her and walked her out. And they left me and I'm sitting there. I'm like, holy shit. Right as I think, boom, the bell rings. Like, I'm like, what? Just as soon as they went out of the classroom. So as I go out of the classroom, I see them there. All their backs are towards me walking with the gothic girl and the other student. I jump the handrail, grab all my weed and dip back. Like just start going in front of, hey, don't give two fucks. Got to go. So lucky. Um, She actually went and they got her. It was actually... They were saying that she leaves her backpack in her backpack and sweater in the car with her mom who smokes cigarettes while she's taking her to school. So they were trying to say basically the dog picked up on cigarette smoke and they were blaming it on the mom smoking on the way to school. Blah, 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 blah. It was me, folks. It was damn. I I know it was me, but, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's inside joke at this point. So I could have died with that or I could take it with me. Definitely been through those types of criminal experiences where. I've been doing that for a long time since high school. So by the time I was, you know, dropped out of high school and just living out on my own, it was like kill or be killed. Like I was a dude when I linked up with all the the pimps and the stuff, it was like, I was the little white guy that could get into situations with my fake ID. I bring guns in my, you know, into situations and just, you know, I would figure things out and get guns into situations for uh, a fee. And that was my job. That was always my job. I was the gun guy. I had to have either a gun on me and they knew they already knew what my, my uh, th- thugonomics degree was all about. They knew that I was with that. So it was if it came down to it, I, that was the way. And if it comes to, like, smuggling something in, doing all that type of stuff, getting all the shit in, send me and 15 girls. You know what I mean? Send me and 10 girls. I, I, I'm, I'm the pimp of it. I'm going to walk in my little 15-year-old ass with my fake ID and just thugging. You know what I mean? Just, it was the funniest shit. When I look back at it, like, people did not know what the fuck to say to me. I would walk up. I remember going to clubs, hey, no, no T-shirts, no regular T-shirts, but I got a Louis Vuitton T-shirt, like, with a, you know, just on some other shit and just walking up, just thugged out, man, thugged out. And just, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing, man. I don't know how people would have saw me because I always had, you know, my fake ID. I always had money. I always had a, a fucking gang of money and a gang of girls. 90% of them were prostitutes at that point, not working for me, but working for them and the pimps, they go in on their own. And then we link up inside 
a lot of places. See, if we were going to be there often, we still wouldn't even link up inside the same. And, you know, so I would be chilling with a lot of the girls most of the night and the girls are going off. And I'd just be looking like a little white pimp, I guess, if you're looking like surveillance camera wise and shit like that. So it was just a different life, man. People, when I, even when I think back about it, it sounds like a fucking movie. But, uh, yeah, that's not my life when it comes to death. It's like I, I've lived the fullest life. I lived the fullest life by the time I was 21. When my son was born, I was done with the any type of party and any type of that shit. Like it was, I guess it's like a soldier that went to war, I guess, and doesn't want to go back because it's like I don't want to go back to what real struggling is. I knew what it was. So that's when I started picking up actually working jobs and stuff and actually getting, you know, paying taxes and those types of things and learning life. So I valued it differently, but mostly because my son was born. And uh, I had a way out. You know, I got to go back to my parents after uh, I got busted in Vegas on some bullshit. And actually, they caught me just slipping, man. I had I had a bunch, you know, I had dope on me. I had, you know, no identification whatsoever. And just they just had a dog on me. And the dog was so fast. I I had to come out of my apartment, literally cross the street, to the wild wild west casino and serve right there so i was just literally staying on my side going across and as i come around there's just a canine cop sitting there so i don't think it was it could have been a setup but they were definitely right there and i just made it i was gone once i saw them i I was gone across the street you know what i mean it was a whole situation that uh probably didn't need to happen i probably could have walked across the street acted normal and it was just a whole i saw i saw my partner going like maybe 45 minutes later walking down the street as i was in the back of the cop car and uh he kept really reached out to me when i was out in vegas he did he found a way to contact me uh when i was back in california he found a way to contact me and just asked me like what's up bro like, what's up man and he was like we good? I was like, I'm good, bro. I'm going to stay out here. Uh, my dad gave me a, a, I was living at my dad's house at the time. Cause I remember being in the backyard talking to him, one of those cordless house phones and just being like, you're good. You're going to stay. I was like, I'm going to stay, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to take this opportunity to the fullest. And he was like, enjoy. You know what I mean? I was like, hell yeah. Thank you, man. And that was it. Um, now, now I believe he's doing life in prison. And I was just telling, uh, you know, a lady this morning about, you know, all my, my best friends, literally, I, I looked down at them and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way. They're just all buried. I'm like all my best friends, I walk up and they're, they're all in graves and it's the funniest, not the funny, but the irony of it all was if you would ask any of us, I would have been the first one to go for sure. Or you ask any of us in the group, like who's going to be the first, boom, everybody points at me. If you want to jump off something, if you want to do something, if you want to anything drive it to the fullest if you got if you got dirt bike if you got something like let's let's go like i'm i'm with it if, fuck the body I, we break it we break our necks it's it's with it let's my homie and one of the scariest things i ever did he had an 86 f-150 those ford big ass metal trucks and he was pre-running it and we're just mobbing and i'm sitting in the middle just like fuck if, if it, shh, anything on this truck breaks i'm fucking going through this windshield dead dead um you know i've hit telephone poles in a 240z and I didn't put the race harness on. I just put my feet on the dash. I almost flew out that windshield. And it's just, um, it's, it's, it's incredible to me that I made it this far. I haven't taken any day for value, um, you know, for, for granted. And, uh, I'm so thankful for every day that I wake up. I'm thankful for the opportunity to wiggle my toes. I hope that the sharing of this perspective, you know, gives you or shares with you the ability to wiggle your toes. Um, life is life is something folks um i hope that you enjoy yours i hope that if you feel like life is bad and like life is just shit and like you know you don't know what to do especially if it's my kids when they're growing up and they always wonder you know what would dad do 
I didn't value that. Um, I wasn't scared of losing. I, I guess it's different for my daughter I, I, and my son. I took a lot of self-defense um, from like five years old on. It was it was game. I, I felt like I could beat grown men by the time I was, you know, 12 years old or whatever. We, we out there beating on grown men. It was a real deal. So it was um, I never feared anybody physically. And I always I never carried a knife, but I knew I had the ability, whatever I needed to get done. I, it was going to get done. I definitely have been stabbed, you know, and it's a. Uh, multiple guns pulled on me. I ain't even got, I beat the last man that pulled a gun on me, at least his homie. And then just started talking shit as I ran in the direction, ran into a chain link fence, but that's a whole different death is not something I fear. Um, being alive is, is fucking, it's difficult, man. It's tiring. I understand, you know, any other people that have taken their own life. It's like, I understand. I mean, I just, it tapped out. I get it, man. A lot of people do that in the gym. You'll you go to the MMA gym and you see how much, you know, stamina makes a coward out of the, the strongest warriors or whatever the saying is. There's a really good saying. Camino, uh, fatigue makes a coward out of everybody or anybody. Fatigue makes a coward out of anybody or something like that. Fatigue makes a coward out of everybody. I'm pretty sure is how it said. Um, but yeah, fatigue's a motherfucker. And that's from physical fatigue, mental fatigue. Anything that you could have, man, and whoo, death, man, death. Death I don't fear, but that does not stop me from valuing today, I guess would be my message. That's my perspective on it. I hope that, you know, the viewer that wrote in on it, like I said, if you want me to put your question out there, you just write it on my wall. I'll, I'll, I'll tag you in it. But if you write me in the DMs, I'm not going to put your name out there because I'm not sure if it's something you want out there. So I appreciate the question. I hope that's a, you know, good enough answer for you. And I had to go back and revisit it. I literally have a 45 minute podcast that I did three days ago or something and didn't quite put out there yet. I was stuck with the playoffs, UFC, everything else going down. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to put it out there or revisit it until yesterday when my daughter's mom spent all day in the hospital and she has a different perspective on her life. And it just made me reevaluate my daughter's support system. So I got a new value on today. I I Thought I deserved to share that all with you, and um, I hope it I hope it helps you all because we all have enough to be grateful, especially if we're here, we're healthy. I mean, if if you're alive and healthy, that's enough. That is enough. Now, if you're in a land of opportunity like I am, thankfully, um, I'm 100% grateful to be in America at this point. I know there was definitely some hard fucking days before we got to this luxur- luxurious point in America, and. I won't lie, the way it's, everything's operating, it looks like there'll be some more struggle days that do come upon America, but I'm I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to be in America and for what I do have and for all the veterans that have fought in the Army and you know made this possible. At the same time, I question a lot of the wars that have been fought, so I do you know question the political side of things, kind of like Vietnam and all those things, but you know, I don't even have to get into that. I just value today. I value everybody who's been part of making it possible. Um, I, I hope that if I went to include everybody in every part, every way, shape and form, it would be amazing. I mean, this podcast would never end. Um, I'm so grateful for sports. And when I think about like racism and stuff, I really never had a lot of my favorite athletes. <laughs> it's hard to have a favorite white athlete in some sports. Um, <laughs> y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. I ain't even got to say it, but it's like, especially in football and everything. Those are my brothers, man. Like in the gym, it's a little more isolated. I guess you could hate everybody. Um, but when you're in team sports, man, a lot of my, my, my bet, my closest people, you know what I mean? We're, we're not white. I guarantee you that. So it just, I love, appreciate every moment, every day, every one of you, every opportunity. I hope that you see it the same. Um, 
I finally got my pack of V Friends cards. Woo woo! Give it up for him. Give it up for him. Um, it wasn't any good. It, it really wasn't. I actually got like all basics. I know I, they're around here somewhere, but I got all these little commons. Um, I got four commons. <sighs> I, I I got the pack the day before the special. When all you, if it, you hadn't bought a pack and you got on, everybody got free packs. I literally bought a pack the day that's before that special started. So I spent $42 or something on a pack that everybody spent five on the next day. I'm so grateful, man. I'm so grateful. And here's why all four of those cards I'm putting in their core cards. So I don't worry, worry about them. I'm not trying to collect a set or anything. They're all just the basic ones. Um, I'm going to put those in with my Pokemon purchases. So for those that don't know, I dropped my first couple um Pokemon cards on eBay. I'm looking at some sports cards. I'm going to post up actually as well. I'm looking into TCG player. My account's under reviewed there for a seller account. Um, got, you know, I'm looking into it all. Definitely getting the website going for business opportunities and able to funnel attention through that way. Saw some very interesting things in the V friends community that I, Oh man, that I would really like to speak on, but I'm not going to call anybody out. It's just the way that people um, promote shit. And it's like, they promote themselves using Gary V and V friends. And it's like, I understand it, but at what value are you bringing the community when it's going through? And like during the onboarding process, they're seeing like extra drama that isn't even drama. It's just literally an individual's drama that wants to bring attention to themselves. But that's my own perspective on things. And I could talk about that life and uh, you know, like day and night, but this one's all about life and death. So I wanted to keep it to that. I'm so thankful for every opportunity in life for all these cards and everything. It's like, I'm looking in front of me and it's just a, it's an oasis of memories. Um, every one of these cards, pretty much Pokemon wise, I pulled with my son when he was here, we bought, I bought, you know, the, the boxes, the $150 boxes from Pokemon. And we just opened pack after pack after pack and just had memories that I actually have on videotape that I can, you know, one day he can go back and rewatch. And I wasn't even a big fan of Pokemon cards. I just knew it was an opportunity and it was during like the craze when it was going and it was just awesome to experience. I wanted my son to experience it. I had Pokemon cards when I was a kid, but we didn't get many Pokemon packs. So I never really had like the cool cards, but I had, and I cherished the cards that I had in my little Pokemon little binder thing. Don't know whatever happened to it, but it's definitely not around. So it's, um, I got all my other baseball cards back from my childhood, but my dad had left them on the side of the house and they were covered in rain and just they're, they're ruined, but it was interesting I've had good times going through them and just seeing everything from the fuck face bat um, and just all the things, you know, the childhood memories that I had and the McGuire card, Mark McGuire, was it the bazooka tops cards or whatever they were that were at one point, like $150. I had two of them. I should have sold them. And now they're back down to like $20. Mine got ruined in the rain. So they literally have no value. I have a Mark McGuire, Jose Penseca, Conseca signatures on the same card. I have, Barry Sanders and Deion Sanders rookies. <clears throat> he had a bunch of Michael Jordan cards. Oh man, it was a childhood of collecting, but this is life and death folks. That's all I'm talking about now. And if you ain't got my point now, you ain't going to get it. So I'm so thankful for this opportunity just to speak one more time. And who knows how many, you know, grains of sand are, are left in each one of our hourglasses, but Take advantage of each one of them, folks. Every day is an opportunity. It doesn't have to be a day to uh, finance or to profit. It doesn't have to be, you know, financially motivated in any way, shape, or forms. I look back at the, you know, 
when I think about my daughter being without her mom and dad, I look back and think about uh, family's all we have in that term. And I, I never, I never valued that phrase. I was like, man, value, fuck, man, a lot of family will cost you some shit too. But it's our society. It's our culture. It's what we're comfortable with. We're not comfortable with people outside our family and really giving them opportunities. I see a lot of it where you, you better know somebody in my family or you don't get the opportunity. That's a big shout out to the homie that runs TC Sports, uh, the homie Buck Nasty. He, he looked out for my, my boy when my boy had nothing, you know, no family to look out for him. His family was going through some shit, you know, and it was some major shit, man, that I could only, man, my first generation homie, oh, my God, what he went through with his parents and finding out that his son wasn't, or his little brother wasn't actually his full little brother. And this dude, 20 years old, and the dude that's been living in the garage has been the dad. Oh, hell no, nah, bro. Like, it's, oh, I can't put my homie shit out there, but it's like, man, the shit that I've seen, it's just, I'm, I'm so grateful, so grateful. And, um, in our society in America, there's not much community to it, at least not where I'm at in the Dino. We look at homeless people on the side as an inconvenience instead of an opportunity. Um, we don't even take in kids, but everybody's raising pets, you know? And it's like, why would you bring in a fucking pet when you can adopt a kid? It's, I think that Pets or any life deserves the same amount of attention. If you got a dog, I, I feel bad when the dog's running around, sitting there bored and just wants somebody to play with and all that they're stuck with you because you chose them. And it's, it's a fucked up situation to me. Um, I, I've never been a big fan of pets or anything like that. And I always feel bad for even kids when they want to play and nobody, you know, I, I can't play with them. I, I don't have the energy. I'm, I'm just falling apart. You know, my back's hurting and fucked up and, no excuses. I got to get up and play and I'll play until, you know, the wheels fall off and I'm, I'm a, I do great with pain. Pain is uh, just, you know, weakness, leaving the body type mindset. It's all going to, it's all temporary. You tell yourself, but there's some definitely things that you should probably go to the doctors for that I've learned over time that, uh, that, that pain don't go away. That shit just amplifies, intensifies. And by the time you go in, it's too fucking late. Um, and you motherfucker, you better kid you, you know, Hopefully you were thankful for the days that you had, you know, and it's a, I, I have been, I've been very thankful and uh, life is a motherfucker, but enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. <sighs> Hopefully we can value one another like we value what we consider family. So I, I, I look at that a lot in communities and stuff and it's like, I don't have to agree with the way you do things. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I really don't. I have a whole different mindset than you. I don't want the same mindset as you. You know what I mean? You've been through what you've been through. I've been through what I've been through. I know what I need to get, you know, through the situations I had. And if I had your mindset, I'd be curled in a fucking ball somewhere. You know what I mean? That, that shit ain't going to happen. So you ain't going to break me in any way, shape or form. I love the hate. I love the love. It's all equally appreciated to be honest. And it's a, if I need motivation and I got to look at, you know, somebody else's approval or disapproval, I've already fucking lost. So I just want to provide better life for my kids. That's my, my only fear of death would be leaving them and knowing that they'd be better off if I was here. So that's my only fear of death at this point, folks. And that's, uh, I don't see that changing, especially as they become more independent and I have less people dependent on me, especially with my lady. You know, she, she's already expressed that she, you know, through time that she's had less love for me. I know that she could be happier in other situations, not happier. She could be happy in other situations. So I don't worry about her as much, but I just imagine, you know, I've always known that there would be a provider when I wasn't here. But the, the thought of their, my one of my partners not being here and me, the way that I valued my life, it makes me very disappointed for what I would be able to offer my children going forward because I don't see much longer. I didn't. I remember when I found out my lady was pregnant. Um, I don't know if I was making a podcast back then, but 
I was just so disappointed because I didn't take care of myself or look, I didn't, I thought I was going to die within the next two to three years with what was going on in my life. Um, that's 100%. I, I, I told her, I, I don't plan on living. Like it, it was no plan on living. I, there were things I was already, you know, shitting blood and all types of things, man. Life was a motherfucker. So it was just, uh, I, every day is valued differently, very, very differently. And, um, I hope that, you know, I hope you don't have to go through the shit that I went through just to value shit like that. So if, if my son ever, you know, looks and wonders like what is the value of life or, you know, what, what, why, why do something and just wait, man, set it up, set, set yourself up boy for success. Cause one day you're going to have a child and maybe sooner than later. I don't think many of the children today are, are, are uh, made in most children today are made in wedlock. Is that, is that the correct way to put it? Um, they don't have husbands or stable households and things like that. And it's a, uh, it's just the way of life. So I've been lucky enough to stay pretty close with the, my two children's mothers. Um, one is distant as fuck states away. That was been the greatest thing for us. Cause Oh, it was toxic, man. She's actually a full-blown lesbian now and dating a woman. So there was, we've had that obstacle. We've also had uh, children getting murdered and all types of other things up in that situation. I, it feels so fucking bad, man, for not providing better. And my only goal has been to do better for my daughter. It's been a motivating factor every day, especially the days. I don't know if, if anybody's gone a period of time without their child. It's it's the hardest fucking thing ever, and it doesn't get easier. Um, there's not a single day where it hurts less. It just hurts more. And that's why I say pain is temporary. It's not. There's certain pains that will never go away, and they don't even go away when you see them. It, it fucking hurts more. Every day that you went without them hurts fucking more and more. And, oh, dude, I would fucking cry. I remember when I finally saw my son, and, oh, it was, it was the hardest fucking thing ever, man. I'd hold it together until he fell asleep. And once he fell asleep, I fell to a million pieces. And I've never been lower in my fucking life, dude. And uh, I don't value I don't value death. Not scared of it. I welcome that motherfucker. Like I said, life has been fucking hard. When, when life has been that fucking hard, death just sounds like an easy way out. So hope that answers your question. I'm going to wrap it up with that motherfucker because I got shit to do today. Um, eBay, here I come. I'm coming hard today. I'm coming in the paint. I'm motivated. Like I said, I got to provide while I can for my children, provide it better. I'm going to be building like a motherfucker. Nobody else is more motivated. I see you, Gary V, but I don't know if you got it like I got it right now, boy. Uh, love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. If y'all don't know who Gary V is, go check that motherfucker out because he's motivated a lot of my life, including this podcast. I wouldn't be here without him. And I'm so thankful, folks. I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one...